This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hello, welcome to another edition of Club Shay Shay. I am your host, also the proprietor of Club Shay Shay, and the guy that's coming by for a drink and conversation today. Wow, I got a good one, guys. And he really doesn't need any introduction, but I'm going to introduce him anyway. Grammy-nominated rapper, multi-platinum songwriter, New York Times bestselling author, record labor executive, the biggest boss in the game. You know him as Rose, Renzel, Rick Ross. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Wanna slice, got to roll the dice. That's why all my life I've been grinding all my life. Look, all my life been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Wanna slice, got to roll the dice. That's why all my life I've been grinding all my life. Mr. 305 MIA, yo, what Woo! it do? Woo, man, I'm happy to be here, my brother. You've been shining a long time, and I'm happy to come shine with you. Bro, I really appreciate this. I'm a, Ross, I'm going to be all over the place. I'm not going in any particular direction, but I'm going to be all over the place. So just bear with me. And like I said, thank you, thank you, thank you for stopping by and giving me a few moments of your time. Man, I'm, I'm with you. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's, first, I want to thank you for turning out the vote in Georgia. Uh, because for the first time, Georgia went for a blue pre a Democratic president, first time since 92. We got a Democratic senator, first time in, in two decades. And you and T.I. and Luda, uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms, Stacey Abrams, uh, LaTorsha Brown, you guys turned up, showed up, showed out. So I want to thank you for that from the bottom of my heart. Well, you know, that's well appreciated. And I'm gonna just let you know, me being who I am and in the position I am, it's always about my people. Right. You know what I mean? I'm going with the voice of the people and that's what they wanted. So that's what we had to do. Also can't leave by Killer Mike cause you know, he's always been boots to the ground trying to do the right thing by, by the people in Georgia, especially the African-American community and the minority. So Killer Mike, can't forget you, bro. Without a doubt. Rick, let's start with your business ventures. You got, you got a lot of irons in the fire. You got Wingstop. I think you have over 25 Wingstops. Checkers. You have your own strand of marijuana cookies. Uh, you got the Way of the Ways or, or collab with D-Wade. What made you decide to, to get involved in so many different businesses basically right away? Honestly, because it felt natural to me. It didn't really feel like no work. Right. Uh, if you notice everything that I, I ventured with or I made a partnership with, it was something that came naturally to me or something that I possibly was already doing, just right. wasn't doing it the right way. Right. 
And the first opportunity I got where I could line myself up with uh, some of the greatest in the business. When you speak of cookies, cookies and burner, that's number one in the business. Right. When you speak of my, my sneaker partnership with D-Wade, that's number one in Miami and, and worldwide, but just D-Wade, what he brought to my city worldwide, as well as, well as the Bell app, the Bumble Rum, uh, the My Jet Doc, the Health app. Everything that I'm doing is really coming natural to me. So it's nothing I have to go out my way to represent a dude during the day. So you were in the game doing some things that probably wasn't on the up and up. So you already have, from a standpoint, you already understood how business was supposed to operate, correct? Most definitely, without a doubt. I understood. You got you to gotta step out here and take a gamble. So I think that's the biggest thing, Ross, because a lot of people are, uh, are afraid of failure. And I think if you're afraid of failure, you're never going to succeed because you're afraid to take that step because you're like, man, I might fall. Well, uh, climbing to the top, you will fall. You're going right. to fall, but you got to get back up, dust your knees off, make sure your shirt looking good and get right back on the track because you will fall. That's what come with the game. Accept that. But just make sure when you get back up, you learn from that and you don't fall back in the same place. Ross, I heard some I heard you say something about when you did your businesses and what you did for your family. You say that you put them on, so therefore you don't have to constantly come out of your pocket and give them money. You gave them an avenue so they can do their own thing. Right, most definitely. It's and that goes for my my little ones as well. I'm teaching my 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 younger ones. You got to put yourself in a position where you can decide your income. You can make as much as you want versus just waiting for, you know, me. And that started, of course, with my, my family, my immediate family. And I was blessed to have a mother that was highly intelligent. She had made degrees in so many different things, as well as my sister. Now, okay, let's put all those uh, skills to, to, to use and let's turn up. And that's what we did. I empowered my mom with the empire. My sister, she doing her own thing. And we all winning. Well, Ross, you have a, a very small family, but as you start to branch out, how did you avoid the jealousy? How did you avoid to the family members like, Ross, you got it, let me get it? Well, you know, uh, I think for one, the person I am and the person I was before I got paper, it was always about honor. It right. wasn't necessarily about the money. You could have been my, my big cousin in the family who went to the league and we wouldn't have rolled you like that because that's just how my family was. It ain't right. really about the, the you know, it's about going fishing on the weekend and all that. So right. you just got to, if, if I feel like a person is weak, if they just succumb to jealousy, you got to exclude them out of the equation. Right. And you can't even think twice about that. But sometimes, Ross, you don't know they're jealous until you get something for them to be jealous about. See, if right. you're still on their level, right. there is no jealousy because you're right where they are. You it's when you start right. to move without them. That's without a doubt. And that's something that you just going to have to learn as you go. But that's something you can expect. And uh, you ain't necessarily got to anticipate it, but expect it. So when it presents itself to you, you deal with it and keep going. Was it hard to say no? Because a lot of, you see, I see it talk to, I know a lot of athletes and for myself, it's sometimes it's hard to say no, because you know, you get that, boy, I changed your diapers. Boy, you remember that time I took you to the store and bought those shoes? Man, you remember I bought you them pack of cookies? And you, that guilt trip, you, you, it's on here, here, 500, leave me alone. How do you say no, Ross? I don't, I don't, you know, I make sure I was always in a position where I showed love. Right. It wasn't really necessarily my move if we was playing chess. Right. 
I'm I'm always a, a player here. And so if you come, you know, if it come to a time where you feel like you got to say no, don't even think twice about it. Follow your heart. What was the very first business you ever started, be it legal or illegal? Oh, man. Man, you know, uh, it's I, I, I done tried too many different things, man. I always considered myself to be a boss. I was always willing to start at the bottom. You know, like I, like I say, I started working at a car wash at 13 from 8 in the morning to 8 p.m. on the weekends. I made $30 plus tips, you know, but uh, in a month or two, I knew how to, if you was a big dope boy, I knew how to go fill your car for you. I had your CDs organized, your cassettes organized for you okay. when you got back. You know, so I went out the way and that just applied to everything I did. I'm gonna go a little further than maybe the next person did. Ross, I always tell, when I talk to kids, I say, look, experience a lot of different things, have a lot of different jobs because what you do as a child will let you know what you don't want to do as an adult. Most See, definitely. when I did businesses, I knew what I didn't want to do. But Ross, unlike you, I don't know if I really ever truly said, you know what, I want to be the CEO. I want to be a boss. I might, you know, what made you say, you know what, working for somebody is cool. But if I wanted to have people working with me, that would be even doper. Oh, man. I knew that once I started working at the car wash. <laughs> So because you want to own the first, car wash? Yeah, when I was working at the car wash, because once you 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 once I started working at the car wash, I realized how the boss is certain dudes, is certain clients that are pulling, the ones who pulled in in them big Lexuses. That's before we even knew how to pronounce Lexus. Right. He called it the laser, boy. He had the laser. You know what I'm saying? When they pulled in, he picked certain people to wash those cars. Correct. And they the ones who got the biggest tips. Right. So by me being one of your, one of the youngest out there at the car wash at the gas station, oh man, I'm you know I'm, uh, they sending me to the Toyota Celicas, where you know they got them two dollar tips. But guess what? I'm gonna still lock them in too and make sure when mom come back next week, she gonna request me too. But I'm trying to work my way up to the top. Right. So what was your first loss in business that you was like, okay, that was a mistake, chalk that one up to the game. I'm gonna learn from that. Um, you know, possibly when I uh, started cutting grass with some of the dudes in the neighborhood, I done went out and cut grass. I, I remember, you know, they was a it was a successful lawn service, you know, two, three blocks over from me. They had them three, four big trucks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was one of them type of situations. So I'm like, yo, okay, uh, I want to go work with y'all. You know what I mean? They like, we ain't sure. We'll let you know when we need you. You know, they, they'll put you on that waiting list. I okay. might have waited a month. And when they finally told me, come on, you can come get on the truck tomorrow morning. I forgot to ask how much I was getting paid. Uh-oh. They, they did a number on you, huh? <laughs> boy, boy, they worked this shit out of Rose. <laughs> Man, they worked this shit out of me that Saturday, that Sunday, and they paid me the following week. Right. Oh, when I got that envelope, that envelope was so thin. Man, <laughs> I couldn't execute none of them plans I had. But that made me say, you know what? I was young too. And I said, before you do anything else, you got to make it clear how much they going to give you. What's the pay? What's the hours? Oh, that's mandatory. That's you definitely. That, that was mandatory at a young age because I, I see what it's like. Because I went out and sacrificed 
Man, I was so tired. I'm talking about I went home. I ain't even played Nintendo when I got <laughs> home. You know what I'm saying? I, I laid straight out. That's two days in a row. Waited a whole nother week to get that check. Man, I might have got 15 off. They, they definitely caught you slipping, Ross, because you know when you yeah, do a did. job like that, you're supposed to get paid after the job. That ain't supposed to carry over the whole week. That ain't I work on a Monday. That's what I said. That's what I said. They took advantage of young Rose. <laughs> But you, but that was valuable teaching. So now when you go into business, whether it be a building or you're trying to get a building or you're trying to start something, okay, what, is the, what, what are we doing here now? So this is the price and this is the size of the building and this is this and this is that. So Most you learned from that experience. I did. And now when I go and sit down in meetings, the first thing I let them know is what excites me. Right. And nine times out of 10, it's a dollar figure. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Oh man, I just what you know, we may be able to work something out, but I gotta be clear and make it clear. This is what excites Rose. And soon as I say that number, it's like a bop go off in the confetti falls. Let me ask you a question. Don't you, you want me excited? I, yeah, they won't get they better. They had you there for me for a reason. You feel me? Have you ever thrown out a number and they say, well, Mr. Ross, we appreciate your service. We appreciate you uh, taking the time, but that's not where we are right yet. Yeah, I done threw a number out several times. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, uh, sometimes it then came back around. A matter of fact, it's a, lo a lot of times we come back around and we connect. And a lot of times I may have, I done threw a number out there before. They moved a little slow and I went up on the number. Oh, okay. And they met me there. I actually had a a, a, a film that was filmed at my estate. Right. And I threw a number out there. I say, this is a huge production. This shouldn't be much. Hey, I understand what you guys need. Um, that's 2.5 M's. Yeah, 2.5 million. Yeah, most definitely. That's it. Oh. And, and they slow walked it. Oh yeah, they, they moved a little slow. Okay. So you picked right. the pace up. So you picked the pace up on them. <laughs> it made them catch up. It made them catch up to you. <laughs> oh man, we tapped out at two point seven five, baby. <laughs> okay, you see now. See if you'd have ran from the beginning, you'd have saved yourself a, a, a quarter meal. It's just like it's just like it's just like playing chess. You got to make some good moves, but save your best. You understand? Because when you go down and you negotiating, it's, it's a lot of ways people and brands and companies negotiate. A lot of companies use time. Right. Because they have, because here's the thing, they have the money. They counting on you to become impatient and to take less than what you're probably worth. Because like you said, they have time. They have, they look at it like we have exactly. what he wants. Exactly. Exactly. What, what's, what's your, to date, what's your proudest business venture? Well, well, you know, you know, I love everything I do. I can't, I can't even front. You know what I'm saying? Everything I put my heart into it all. But my latest business venture, my Jet Doc, which is a health app. Okay, talk to us about the health app. You already know my Jet Doc. This is a okay. health app. You know, ten years ago I went through a, 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 a having seizures right back, to back. You know, and so what what it did was. You know, I started working out, I got healthier, but the experience that touched me the most throughout the whole situation was the older people that I would meet sitting in the doctor's 
waiting room in the office. Right. You know, the, the, the type of doctors I'm going to see is for your brain. And so right. the, the situation is a lot. It's, it's a lot serious. You sitting right. with a lot older people. Older people want to talk to the youngest dude in the room and the conversations we will have. And so this what really made me want to be a part of this new app, myjetdoc, jetdoc.com. In three minutes, you can have a doctor virtually on your phone, you describing your situation. Yo, uh, I just slip and fell. This how I'm feeling. Or it could be a grandparent. Yo, my heart is feeling like this. I need to talk to somebody right now. Or it may be a situation like mine where you pretty much know what's going on, but you just need some personal advice. And then you could go get the prescription right up the street. They'll have it filled up waiting on you right up the street. So my jet doc, this is my first app, my first technology. And I feel it's really for my people and my people need this. So if I'm, if I'm, if I'm reading you correctly, and I think I am on this situation, a lot of the things that you become involved in is through personal experience. I mean, you like wings? Hell, let me start a wing stop. Right. I like this kind of beverage. Let me start this kind of beverage. Right. I'm going to see a doctor about yada, yada, yada. Let me start this. Exactly. Exactly. That's just me following my heart. That's just something that's, oh, I'm with that. That's eat. Let's do it. I'm with it. I don't feel like, yo, I'm not going out my way. That's just a, a part of my, I'm going to talk about my jet doc all day. I just left the gym. I'm over here. I'm over there. That's a part of my conversation because so many people opened up to me after I went public saying, yo, I, I suffered from seizures. You'll be surprised how many artists pulled me to the side. Yo, big homie, they, I had a seizure and they found me on the toilet eight hours later. I never told nobody this the situation. Yo, man, I never knew that. You know what I mean? I'm like, yo, you know, you know, it's just certain things we got to converse about we got to communicate and that's why i felt i had to do this so you know it's a lot of people that want to be private they don't want to walk into the emergency room they don't want to go and get this prescription they want to do it in the privacy through their own phone i get it here it is jet doc you mentioned your health right were you is that one of the reasons that you decided to say you know what I'm accomplishing all of this. I'm have I'm accumulating this wealth. I got all these possessions, but hell, my health is in the trash and I'm not going to be around to enjoy it. Is that what forced Rick Ross to get in shape, better shape? Of course. Of course. Why accumulate everything you can imagine just to drop dead and have a stroke? You got it, man. I'm, I'm one of them people who want to call my shots, so I'm going to enjoy life. Right. I'm still go get that 10-piece lemon pepper. You feel me? That fried corn, you know, right. a little cheese on the French fries too. I'm going to still do that. But what I got to do those other six days out the week is push myself. Right. In the I got to push myself in the right direction. And that's what I've been doing. I'm still happy. I'm much healthier. I'm 85 pounds lighter. I don't stop having seizures. I'm just sharing, you know, what I'm doing and what's working with me for everybody that come to my platform. Do you believe had you not had the medical emergencies that you had, you would have changed your diet? You would have changed your lifestyle? I doubt it. I doubt it. I was an all-city athlete. I made all-day class in 1994. Um, I was always healthy my entire life. So when I had a seizure, I said, you know what that come from? Me not resting, me not sleeping, me 
uh, sipping lean in the studio to 7 a.m. And, and, you know, once I told the doctors the way I was sleeping two to three hours at the most a night, he said, I'm surprised it's, it's not much worse. But, you know, the, the, the conditions and the things that came about, I most definitely told myself, I got to change right now. Rosé can't, they can't zip Rosé up in the bag. I look too good. I got too many places to go. You know what I'm saying? Okay. You mentioned that you were all day County, uh, Miami. You got a scholarship to Albany State. Right. I know about Albany State because I'm That's in the right. SIAC. We used to play them. That's right. So did you go to Albany State and other things became a distraction and you left? Or what transpired with that? You know, what it was is I got a scholarship to Albany State College. I was the only one to leave Miami. I went to Albany State. And this was the first time I really went out of town and the first time in really few years that my big homies in my community, you know, they weren't around me. When I came right. up, where I came up from, I was embraced. You know, I played football. I was cool. They dressed me up, kept money in my pocket. This is the first time I'm out of, you know, I couldn't put that burden on my mom. So I'm out of town. I ain't got much. I'm really starting to have the wrong ideas. I'm finna bring the wrong energy to the campus. <laughs> I told myself, before you do this and you make a big mistake, just go back and follow your heart write your music, you know, I know, you know, football in your heart. I'm a dude that felt I'm the same boss mentality. I'm going to the league. I'm going to the league. I'm going to play <laughs> for two seasons, turn up, and I'm going to go to the league. And once I realized, you know, that wasn't, that my heart wasn't there no more, I came back home and just focused on the music. You know what I'm saying? Albany, Southwest rural Georgia, is a lot different than Miami. A big so that, that was a culture shock in and of itself. It was, it was uh, I was, I ain't know what was going on. I'm like, yo, you know, they had just had a, a flood. So they had trailers set up and it's like, yo, I'm, I'm out there. I'm a freshman. They call you crab. You're a freshman. Crab. You're a crab. That's a, that's a black college thing. Only HBCUs do that. They don't do that at, at major universities. That's oh. what they do. That's what they do at HBCU. When you come in as a freshman, you're a crab. Best believe. They came out there and they called me a crab and told me to hold a water button while all the seniors and juniors drank water. Yeah, drank from, yeah. that while we drank water. Oh, boy. Hey. <laughs> I say, whoa. Yeah, you know what's up. Whoa. But you know, you know, I appreciate it. You know, I understood the brotherhood and I appreciated it. You know what I'm saying? Right. But it's just when I went into that trailer at night by myself, you know what I mean? The last time you ate during the day was what, 3 p.m., 4 p.m.? I'm laying in that trailer hungry. I say, see, they going to make Rose go do something around here that I don't need to <laughs> So you already, so before you left and went to office, so were you writing music? Was music a big part? of your life before uh, in high school and before you went to Albany? In, in high school, I was just making tapes. Okay. You know what I mean? But I most definitely was playing with music. Okay. I was playing with music. I knew I wanted to get money. You know what I'm saying? So we was just moving around in the streets, um, youngsters. But, uh, uh, you know, it just looked prosperous. I followed my heart. I went up to Albany State, stayed maybe two months before I came back to Miami. And then, you know, I just got back into what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? Ross, I'm actually glad you did that because I believe had you not did that, you would have probably had regrets for the rest of your life because that's what my brother, I thought about not going to Savannah State. And he says, go down there. 
at least go down there, try it out. If you don't like it, say, you know what? I went to Savannah State. It wasn't for me. You did something else. You go into Albany State. At least you tried it. You realize, man, my heart ain't in this. My heart isn't in this like it is music. Let me pack my stuff up before I do something crazy and take my butt back to Miami. <laughs> that's exactly what it was, my brother. And that's on everything. I feel the same way. I thank God, you know what I'm saying? I followed my heart and um, stepped out there. I most definitely love the experience. I still stay in touch with a lot of the homies that I met, some of the older classmates. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still stay in touch with them, you know what I'm saying? You know, them dudes crazy. You yeah, know what I'm saying? them crazy football playing dudes, you know, they crazy. And I just let them know I leave the door. They got an open door policy with me. They could hit me up. I'm always online, social media. Just hit me up. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you rep the set. And I'm going to pay attention. Ross, I tell people all the time, I said, everybody should get at least a semester of an HBCU to, to experience what it's like to go to play spades, to be in the student union, to be, to walk and to see the step shows, to see, to it. You got to experience that it's to know what it's like. It's priceless. <laughs> it's priceless. And the older you get, when you realize, um, how do you really, how do you really value your life? Yeah. A lot of times it's based on mem memories and experiences. Yes. Where have you been? What have you seen? And those step shows walking through on that campus, when you walking see everybody yard. from everywhere else, athletes from everywhere else, when you see the All-Americans, how they barely speak, when the ones that, oh, this how this go? Okay, I get it, I get it. Okay, okay, I get it, I get it. You know what I'm saying? And I love it. And I still apply that same mentality and hustle to everything I do today. Born in Mississippi, raised in Carroll City, Florida. Talk about your upbringing in Carroll City. What was it like? Well, you know, uh, my mother from Mississippi, my father from Florida, and when they got together, you know, they moved straight to Florida. And uh, growing up in Miami, that's the heart of, you know, right in the 305. They call it Miami Gardens now. It's right there where the Hard Rock Stadium home of right. the Dolphins at. Yeah, I, I grew up right there, two, three blocks away from there. And, you know, just growing up right there, uh, it was everybody, every different ethnicity, every background, every culture, yes. every race was on my block. You was Haitian, you was Jamaican, you was from Honduras, you was from Cuban, you was white, you was whatever. So um, I always knew how to get along with every race. It's to me, long as you had, you were solid, you had those morals and principles, you could get down with us. You could kick it with us, straight up. Tell me, talk about some of the values that you learned growing up in Florida and some of the things that your mom and your father instilled in you at a young age that you carry over to, to uh, and today is like, and you partake some of that wisdom on your own kids. Well, growing up, of course, on my block, it wasn't about your money. It was the way you moved. It was the way, you know, you made people respect your household your yes. family, because right next door to me was, you know, some Jamaicans that I, I got a lot of wisdom from, you know what I'm saying? I mean, on the 4th of July, two days before the 4th, they'll bring the goat home. I knew we was finna have some curry goat, you know what Okay, that's what's yeah, up. Yeah, 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 straight <laughs> up. So you, it was just the way you live. It was your principles and the way you moved. As you got older, I understood what getting money do. I understood when I was riding in my daddy backseat of the Buick, we call Scrappy, 
And my homie Jabbar, his daddy had that 500 SEL diesel Benz with wipers on the headlight. On the headlight. You had to get old school. I was a youngster. I remember standing in the front of that damn car just looking at it like, boy, what I got to do to get this? Oh, I get it. You know, and it was just one of them things. And I still apply that. You know what I mean? I still kick it with my same. I still go through my same block. I still see my same homies. And and I let them know it's ain't nothing changed. Ain't nothing changed. My drive, my hunger, where we from. Don't never let getting money make you think something. Nobody don't change getting money. If they want, that's what they wanted to act like they was changing. Getting yeah. money don't change you. That's what I tell people all the Making time. Money, money makes you more of what you already are. That's if you it. are a jerk, you become a butthole. That's All it. It, it might change your it might change your area code, it might change your zip code, your bank account, but it doesn't change the person. Not at all. And that's what I let my homies know. Ain't nothing changed. It's the, I'm the same one. You know what I'm saying? And I love when they make me feel like it ain't changed. Holler at me yeah. the same way we used to. You know what I'm saying? That's what I love. I don't get home much, Ross, but they tell you the thing that I like, they're like, man, Sharp, you hadn't changed. You treat us the same way. If I fool with you, I fool with you. If I didn't, I ain't gonna wait till I get into my 50s and start fooling with you. If I'm up with you in, in high school and elementary, we cool to this day. We but cool if I didn't, we're not finna pick up, we're not finna pick up in 2021 that where we didn't pick up in 1975. No, I doubt it. I doubt <laughs> it. No, I doubt it. You cutting into the ones I really love and the ones who've been loyal to me forever time. Right. So you you your heart was in the rap game. Give me some of the rappers and some of the groups that influenced Ross and says, okay, I want to do that. I want to move like that. Well, you know, growing up in Miami, really Florida period, dancing was our culture. Right. So watching what Luke did, watching what JT Money did, that was something JT that Money. Was, that poison. Know about JT. You oh, they hear. better know about JT. They better <laughs> know about JT Money. They better know about that. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's like uh that's that's natural but my mind frame was on getting money you know what i'm saying right i knew i was the fat dude couldn't dress i knew i wasn't gonna be on the dancing vibe right i was gonna be the one that came to the party once i got that sel diesel you know what i'm saying <laughs> and so once the music changed from you know they called it booty shaking we just called right. it miami the vibe miami, music. Yes. what luke did and what JT did, JT played one of the most important parts in Miami history. Trick Daddy took it from there and Trick passed the baton to me. And that's when I said, yo, every day I'm hustling. We finna get some money. We gonna line the Mercedes Benz up. We gonna get, man, we gonna get real estate from here all the way to the West Coast, back to the East Coast and anywhere in between we want. Any businesses we want. Everything that we wanted, we want it, we gonna go get it. Let's do it. I bought the checkers right across from the gas station. I washed cars at them check. I ain't go to Wendy's as a youngster. You right. could have went to Wendy's and spent $8. That bag was like, <laughs> if you went to checkers, you got two bags. <laughs> you might have that third one. <laughs> you absolutely right. Hey. I'm just what? telling you, you know what I'm saying? So when we put that change together, we right. working at the car wash, we finna, hey man, we finna get something to eat. Who going? You put your two, three dollars in there. You know, somebody go to checkers and bring it back and we all bust it down. So that was the very first checkers I went back and got. Well, you know what we do? Hey, I tell you what, if you fly, I'll buy. You know, we got to get somebody to go you make it. You feel me? Yeah, because hey, if I fly and I ain't putting nothing in, I'm just going to get it, go bring it back. We going to do what we do. We going to eat this up. 
we gonna bust it down. That's how we do it. We family. We gonna bust it down. You mentioned the the Florida rappers. Obviously, Luke is where it all started. You mentioned right. JT Money, sixty nine right. boys. Right. Uh, you trick daddy dollars. Right. What about some of the the West Coast? Some of the New York rappers. Well, you already know. I had I was um I was into it from everywhere. Even when I didn't even listen to the music, I remember being a youngster walking into the store buying a vinyl of a West Coast rapper. I still never listened to this album to this day. King T. Okay. King T. He had an orange six-fold chrome datings on the front. I bought the album just because of the, the car. <laughs> I did that with Run DMC, Walk This Way. Right. I seen the vinyl. It was some graffiti with a background. It wasn't one of my best songs, just for the artwork. And that's what I love the music from the underground artists to the mainstream artists. When I was real young elementary, listening to KRS-One, whatever it was, Ice Cube was one of my, uh, you know, uh, most influential artists. I just got Easy e tattooed on my thigh last night. Wow. That's last night. You know what I mean? So, right. um, Really, I just listen to everything. A Tribe Called Quest, it don't matter. Jay yep. Diller, it don't matter. It could have been goddamn from, it don't, it, I just listened to it. If it came on and it had a vibe, back it up. I want to hear it again. What is your response to people saying your style, your stature, your build, the way you move reminds them of Biggie? Well, I can't do nothing but take it as a compliment, but I won't play myself. Big was on something else. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Big was on something else. Big was just something special. That era, the energy, that Tupac, that Big era, that Big era, that Jay-Z. Imagine what that, that cypher was like. Wow. You know? yeah. And so when I think of the records that they put together, the time frame, the, the, you know, just the love that was put into that music, you know, Big was most definitely possibly my greatest self. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Because when you look at it, you look at Big, he was unbelievable, but he, he didn't have the, he should have had a longer run. You look at what, a five-year period? Because he came on the scene, what, like 93, 94? It with may commercial have been less. It may have been less than that. Might have been, might have been three or four years. It may have been three or four years. That's you, what I mean by his impact and influence on the world in such a short time. That shit can't be compared. And it was really, it was really that vacuum feel of that Biggie Tupac era. Yes. At one time, you couldn't talk about rap if you wasn't talking about Big and Tupac. 
Right. That was just that entire era of rap music. Everything if, else was just some sideline shit. It's kind of like Bird and Magic. You can't mention Bird without talking about Magic. You can't say Magic without saying Bird. When you right. talk about Biggie, you can't say you can't go without being Tupac. And Tupac, they go, hey, they peanut butter. They go, you you got to have them together. You got to have them together. <clears throat> and of course, they untimely demise, man. It marked, um, you know, it just the intensity and the fucking. The love and hate that was right around there, that shit couldn't be matched. It still won't be matched again. Let, let, let's talk about that. Why is it that the rap game is like that? That everybody, you know, you look at some of these, you know, these young rappers that, you know, uh, that's, that's losing their life. Why is it like that, Ross? No other make of music have this kind of beef. R&B artists are not getting at each other. You know, pop singers not getting at each other. Right. It's the, what is it about the rap game that make that, that guys want to get at each other? Even the gals have beef that they shouldn't have beef with. Man, um, I know when I ask myself this, and I'm just on some reflecting of myself, why, you know, why is it like this? And I would go back to the beginning of music, and I would ask myself and reflecting myself. And me personally, a lot of times, growing up and you don't have nothing music is all you have right and i know i'm speaking for me and my homies i remember when we on one block had to share one of my homie nintendos put it in the plastic bag walk it down here you know but we had our own music right you got you you become a fan you become a supporter you become whatever it is and now where we at um, it's a lot of people that still have nothing but music in their opinion. And now with this platform, people get to uh, add their opinions to what's going on in this music. And once again, a lot of times you you, you talking about young dudes making music who don't got nothing else but their music. So once somebody try to tear that music down, shit, they ready to go burn something down. They ready to run in the capital. I remember when LL and uh, Kool Mo D. You know, they had a little beef. Right, you know, right, right, right. Kool Mo D said LL stand for lower level, lack, luster, last, least, low life, lower level. I was okay. It was just fun. You know what I'm saying? Wasn't nobody talking about clapping nobody, uh, Ross? Nah, wasn't nobody doing that then. It was different then. It was different. It most definitely was a different time. You know, uh, I remember the LL and uh, Kool Mo D. You know, <laughs> hey, <laughs> you know, he dropped a big I, I was a fan of Kool Mo D too. You know what I'm Girls behind me, jocking blindly. No <laughs> need to remind me who I am. I know you know me. <laughs> <laughs> that was just one of those things, man. Um, and now it's just a little different, homie. This shit, these motherfuckers, uh, they don't censor nothing. They they speak in their mind. They own IG live. I'm a kill you. I'm a clap you. I'm a do this. Somebody else feel it's only right they respond to it and this and that. Now nah, we moved a little different. We move. You still got to move in silence. And you know? that you know what social media is a blessing and a curse, Ross. It because is. you get guys. Okay, some people are not willing to work for what they want. I see such and such got it. I'm finna run up in his house and go get his. You know, and and. That's always been going on before the rap game. 
Right. You know, motherfuckers been running their houses before the rap game, but now it's glamorized yeah. by the rap game. And it's the young brothers that's dying. It's the young Vaughn that's dying. Right. You know what I'm saying? You seeing they family members for weeks behind, you know, grieving they death. Other dudes celebrating it. You know, and it's just something that's being fueled once again by the platform because I wouldn't know these things if it wasn't for the platform. And when I wake up and you hear that and this and that, and damn, you could be in a bad mood. You could goddamn be emotional. Oh, they responsible for that? I want to see something happen to them. Just based off a of post. Your first record deal, you signed with Suave House Records. Right. How did you get noticed by Tony Draper? Um, I actually drove out to Texas. I drove out to Texas. I'll never forget when I heard 8-Ball MJG coming out hard. Coming out <laughs> hard. And I the beats, the production, I was like, who making them beats? Oh, they said it's the dude T-Mix. Where he from? Memphis. I got family in Memphis. I got family in Mississippi. Where they at? They in Houston. 8-Ball from Memphis? Oh, I'm driving to, I'm driving to Houston. So you just got like, hey, the beat, I like the beats. I need to meet him. Yeah. I need so so you just get you just get in the whip and just hit the road. I just hit the road. Barely had gas money. Pull over at the rest stop, rest area, sleep, get back on the road. We gotta make it happen some way. That's all I wanna do. However, we gotta do it. Let's do it. So you meet, you uh obviously you end up doing a, a hit with uh eight ball and MJG. So what, what was that like? Because you, I mean, to, to meet somebody that you hear and to meet them and you on a track with them, what's that like? Man, that's next level. That's, it's unbelievable. Just like when I went to Houston and I met Tony Draper, um, I had one of my homies who was in the penitentiary hit one of his homies that they knew, told him I was in the city. I pulled up, played some music, and it went from there. Um, that same weekend, somebody introduced me I pulled up to the restaurant where Scarface was at. You know, Scarface are the ghetto boys. That was Yeah, I know, baby. You know, we the day, oh, yeah. Just like, yeah, that's unbelievable. So, and it just took time. I came back years later, did a collaboration with 8-Ball MJG, did a collaboration with Scarface, and I brought these same memories up. Y'all remember sitting in the car with me, man. Man, I just pray. I just pray I ain't come off as a crazy young nigga, man, and y'all just knew. I, it was in my heart. And I just was trying to tell y'all, boy, I ain't going to stop till I'm on. So has anyone done to you what you did? Just pull up? Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, that's one thing I always told myself because it took me so long to get on. I told myself that I wanted to help as many artists just on some cool shit. We ain't got to get money. You could just come to the studio. We could smoke. We could listen to beats and vibe. And once I got in a position, that's what I began doing. I remember when I first reached out to Wiz before he was before he had a hit record. He said he thought he was being catfish when I came at him on Twitter. <laughs> he didn't even believe me. I flew him out. I'll never forget. I flew him out. I flew Currency out. I flew him out at the same time. We did a remix. Just ride around in the bins to one of my records, Super High, when I flew Meek out, when I flew Wale out, and the list just go on. And I done, that's how I did most of my collaborations. I mean, you gotta understand, see Ross, I, get, I, I think that's why you've been blessed. 
because you paid it for it. You didn't have to do that. And for you to take it upon yourself to say, hey, come on out here. Come, hey, let's get together. Let's link up. We ain't got to do no music. Let's just, hey, let's just vibe. Let's just, let's do what we do and just, and we go from there. And for that, it to turn out to what it, the way it has. And, 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 to, and still to this day, I know what it's like being a young artist. It ain't got to be about no music. You know, I'm in Miami right now. Roddy Rich came to my house. It wasn't even a week ago. Him and his crew came to my house and we just sat in the studio, not playing no music, just on some kicking it, some game, some advice. If, if I was, oh, this your first year, second year, third year, whatever it is, this the play. Oh, think about doing this, this. And we just spent hours having a conversation just on some different shits. Invent, you know, just investments, different ventures, and not even on no music. It ain't just got to be about music. Every time we get together as artists, we ain't got to try to profit or benefit off each other. We could just share game. Your next deal, you were Slip and Slide Records, Trick Daddy Plies, uh, Trina Pitbull. What was it like working alongside them? And what was it like touring with Trina and, and, uh, and a Trick? Well, you know, uh, I was writing. I was sitting in the studio helping, you know, just writing for years. You know, Trina, she always been super cool. She always been a beautiful spirit, fine as hell when she walk in and just, you know, <laughs> giggle real cool. So I always, she always been A1 on my list. Trick Daddy, you already know what it was. He took me out on the road a couple summers, you know, and it was just, it, once it was time for me to step up, it was either, it was either time to, uh, boss up, you know what I'm saying? Straight up, it's time to go now. I done been in the game 10 years, still behind the scenes. It's time to get some money. It's time to make my own records. It's time to do, you know, touch the people in my own way. And that's what I finally did. But other than that, just being on the road with Trick, you already know what that's like. <laughs> you, already know. you get to go in the club, see what it's like, niggas throwing bottles, niggas coming up by that thing, you know, and then just seeing what real fan loyalty is. Trick used to get booked every weekend in Tampa. And I'm like, damn, four weekends in a month. It's the same motherfuckers coming to the, oh man, this is something different. I could get booked in the same city four times a month. This was, this was Trick Daddy did. It, it was a certain part of Carolina and Tampa. After working behind the scenes, what gave you the courage or what made you say, you know what? Damn, behind the scenes. I need to be in the front. I need to be on the track. You know, that was always in my heart. I just felt like the time had came. You know, I had did a lot of writing for a lot of different artists from New York all the way down. And, you know, I ain't get no joy out of that. Yo, it's time to really step up. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, for the pieces that fell together, that every day I'm hustling, shout out to the runners. That was that first record that kicked that dough in for me. And after that, just all my experience of writing records and how easy it was for me to write songs, you know, cause I could write a goddamn album bulk of material in one night. If an album 14 records, I could do 15 records in 24 hours span. And by me doing that for so long, once the door got kicked open for me, that's when the major key to this for artists is when the producers want to work with you. Right. That's what's got to happen. The producers got to say, I'm going to give you this heat. Because you could be a young artist and go sit with a producer. He not going to play you that A shit. 
He's not going to do it. Right. He's saving that for Jay-Z and Nas, for Kanye, for Pharrell, for Rick Ross. And once I got that first dough kicked in, the producers came to the table, and that's when I went to writing all them records, man, and we took off. You mentioned the song that got it all started. It's still of all the songs you've done, Ross. That's my jam. I still play that. I don't really listen to a whole lot of music when I work out. But if hustling comes on, I'm gonna move some weight. It, it's about to, I'm about to turn up in there. Okay, because that's sell 45, that white on white. Hey, I'm Ricky Ross. <laughs> that white on white, man. That white on white. I'm gonna tell you something, that white on white. What, what inspired me to get that, I may have got that BMW maybe a year before we actually filmed the video. But when I was a youngster, um, the Dolphins player, they had an offensive lineman by the name of Richmond Webb. I know Webb. He came out with me. I know Webb. So I was a youngster. And when the Dolphins used to practice, when they left, all us on the block used to just come stand there and watch them ride by. Right. Webb had a Benz, white on white, with the white rims. When you talk to him, he don't even know. He inspired that. And I said, boy, when I get some paper, the AMG white Tudo Benz he had, that shit blowed my mind. <laughs> blowed my mind. Richmond Webb, he was a left tackle. Yeah, I know Webb, same day, Texas A&M. We came out together, same draft, 1990. Oh, man. Ross, check this out. The thing about that, I love white on white. But, boy, you can't wear no blue jeans because your blue jeans going to bleed on them damn hides. And, and now your feet blue. Man, yes, they do. You will. can't watch. That's you can't why, wear that's why you had to put that towel down. That. Yeah. You had to put that towel down. That. You had to let them girls know you can't piss on these seats, baby. You can't do it. No Not today. It's got to be. You got to have old. You got to have old khaki. Put a towel down. A white shorts. Anything with color go bleed on them seats. It's gonna bleed on them seats. <laughs> that denim was most definitely gonna bleed on them seats. You ain't lying. When hustling did you did you know hustling was gonna be what it was i did because when i got the beat i drove up to a trina show and i wrote the first verse on the way to the show when i got there i really didn't have my own show to perform i told the dj to play the beat play right. track number seven okay he could put, put it on. That thing came on. And I rapped the first verse. And i never forget how it was one dude in that crowd and how he looked at me. He looked at me like, boy, you're going to be the biggest to ever do this. So I took the record, went back to Miami, finished the song. It was on. Once you got that taste, once that that record hit the airwaves, it was over. Ross' life has never it been was over. I knew it never knew. Y'all had them fed me ramen noodles too long. It was time <laughs> for that rainbow trout. It was time for them lemon pepper wings. It was time for that spinach dip from Houston's, baby. I said, I ain't going back. I need that Branzino fish. Okay. <laughs> you end up signing with Jay-Z, uh, uh, Def Jam. Is it true that there was a bidding war? Jeff Def Jam, Murder Inc., Bad Boy. Yeah. How did you ultimately decide to go with Jay? 
Well, it was a it was it was a huge bidding war. Jimmy Iovine, Tom Wally over at Warner. Um, it was a bunch of different names, but ultimately, when I went and sat down with Jay Z, it was Jay Z, L.A. Reid, my brother DJ Khaled. Uh, he was in there, and you know, I just basically told him, you know, just for everybody that may think this is a one hit or one album wave, y'all better know this is a whole nother type vibe right here. Rose finna outlast everybody. I'm finna go in. I'm coming in the game. I'm kicking in the door. Whoever they think the biggest, I'm gonna diss them just to get everybody attention. And then I'm gonna let my talent speak for itself. And that's what, and so they were the ones that said, okay. Cause obviously now you gotta understand now, you sitting there, you sitting next to Jay. Now you know where Jay is at that point in time in the game. You know right. he he's considered the Don. He's considered the, the, the gold standard. Right. Without a doubt. That's without a doubt. That's without a doubt. And when we went and sat down and we had a conversation, he most definitely seen my vision too. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I seen his, uh, he seen my vision, you know? That's one of the one of my favorite uh, lyrics. He one took me to Philippe Child for the first time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'll never forget when I got there, I tried them chicken sautés. I loved them, but I wanted that wing stop. I ain't gonna lie. Ah! I ain't gonna lie. Hey, I mean, it's nice to get that old fancy stuff. They put all that stuff on a nice plate. The plate the nice peanut and sauce and all that. I understand. But sometimes it's okay to eat out that styrofoam too now. Yeah, you got to drink out that styrofoam, boy. That styrofoam keeps that ice cold for hours. Hey, you said you didn't spend any money when you first signed with Def Jam. Why? Um, For one, I wasn't sure if it was going to come back this big. And for two, I knew I, I didn't want to go back to the bottom. I wanted to make some positive moves. I wanted to get some more money. I knew right. I wanted, I had to get some more money. However I was going to make that happen, I knew I had to do that. So once I got the bidding war settled, I got a huge advance. I didn't spend nothing. I went and did shows. I was so damn busy that first year. I was doing four or five performances a week. My off days, I was recording. I ain't spend nothing. You didn't have a chance to spend nothing because you was either you was either you was you was in the studio or you was on stage. Yeah, I most definitely was 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 hustling, grinding, but you know, I ain't want to spend nothing. I wanted to see what it stacked like and come back the next year, see what it looked like to give myself that many more options. Of your albums, Port of Miami started it all, Triller, Deeper Than Rap, Teflon Don, Hood Billionaire, Port, I mean rep. What I'm gonna say I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Port of Miami the first one. I'm taking that off the table because I know that's your baby. I right, know that right. that got that right. started it all. So right. you always gonna be partial towards him, right? Of the rest, what would you say is some is, is Ross work? Um, to me, deeper than rap spoke volumes, and the reason it spoke volumes is because I was trying to explain to my fans and people who really love me that. I was a different situation from a lot of other artists I've seen. It is deeper than rap. When I tell y'all I'm really hustling, I'm going to show you. And don't take my word for it now. Wait 10 years from now. Wait 15 years from now. Five years from now. If I'm not the biggest that ever did it, I'm, I'm just telling you to pay some on. The things that I'm planning and plotting, I'm going to be the biggest ever. Ross, how do you pick a beat? What are you listening for? 
Well, it's hard to explain what I'm really listening for, but one way I could try to do it is when I listen, I'm listening in colors. Every, every sound is a different color. And if I let an instrumental come on and I play an instrumental in a room for let's say four or five hours, I want the room to be filled with these colors. So when I walk into the room, it's like if you walk in and smoke and you know how it go by you, right. and I want it to surround me and I want to be able to see the chords, the sounds. And to me, it just make the words come that much easier to me because when I can see the colors, it's, it's touching my mind in a different way. So now my heart got to match. It ain't nothing that I'm, I'm trying to come up with some words. No, my heart got to feel that in. So let's turn it up. Let's go. So where where do you where do you like to write? Where is the ideal place for Ross to 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 to, to write to write a or to write a song? Well, it, de it depending on which house I'm in. I'm in Miami right now, so where I'm sitting right now is where I love to get up six a.m. cut cut an instrumental on and start my smoking process. Maybe sip a little champagne and start talking my shit that I want to talk. And uh, you know, it usually don't take too long, but I've been done wrote a song or two. By the time I have my, my turkey drizzle in the morning, by eight in the morning, I've been and had two songs written, you know, straight up. So you you just sit around, I mean, so how so you got stuff all ready to go, already packaged, ready to go. Right now, yeah, I'm putting the final touches on my, my new album, Richer Than I Ever Been. Right. Right. I'm gonna get ready and drop that, get ready. Uh it's, it's maybe no later than March. I'm putting the final touches on it as we speak. Where, where is where is the craziest place you recorded a song? Where were you when you wrote? You said you hustling. You was driving up to a, a a Trina concert when you recorded the first the first line. Where are some of the craziest places you wrote a lyric? Man, I done came with ideas for records in the middle of having sex. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I done been. Looking at myself, looking at a pose like, damn, this is all right right here. And I come up with something right then and say, boy, you got to remember that. You know, and, and really, I love to draw ideas from everything that I'm around. It could be something that I'm listening to. It could be something because to me, that's the best things to make music and speak about what's going on. That's the only reason the album ain't finished. There's so many different things that done happened in the last few weeks that I gotta address in my music. I gotta address what's going on in the Capitol, what's going on in DC. I gotta say something about that. And when they, you know, when they hear it, you know, people know how Rose get down. I was reading somewhere, I don't know if it's true or not. You can correct me, you can confirm or deny that you got enough music with Drake and Nas that you can do a project. Um it may be possible because those are two artists that we both discuss doing a project together. Me, Nas, we've had that discussion. Me and Drake had that discussion as well as me and John Legend um, had that same discussion. And it's a great possibility me and John may do that first. But, you know, me and Nas have collaborated multiple times. And, you know, I, I may have spoke to him about a, a recent collaboration within the last month or two. How does 
Ross decide who he's going to collab with. How do you determine who you're going to get on the jump on the track with or who's going to jump on the track with you? Well, first and foremost, it depends on the production and the sound. You know, it's not personally what's what I want, but what does this, this record need to, you know, touch the streets, to serve its purpose to the streets and to the Rosé listeners? Um, what's going to really touch them in a special way? And that's what I start with first. And then my personal opinion may come into play as to who gonna do that the best, but it's ultimately about the record and what we doing on the record and who gonna bring, you know, this, this energy to the record that is, that's needed. Uh, I've had Snoop on the show. I've had Ice Cube on the show. And they say when they jump on a, a feature, even though they're not, this not their album, they actually trying to show the dude up. That they they like okay you had me on here, when you jump on a feature you trying to you trying to give him that work. Oh, he already know he gonna get it from Rose. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't even a fact if I'm trying to. He already know he gonna get it. <laughs> how, you, how you how you take over how you take over the man how you take over the track how you gonna dominate it's, the man track? And I'm, I'm gonna tell you how nine times out of ten when they reach out to Rose it's because the sound telling them to reach out to Rosé. And right. if the sound is something that's a Rosé vibe, it's no way you gonna get around me not shining on that. I'm gonna shine and that's my job. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm gonna enjoy it. <laughs> who, it is. who haven't you worked with that you would like to work with? Uh, the number one artist that I would like to work with is Sade. I wanna see her in concert so bad. Oh man, I want to see her in concert. I would love. I, I want to see her in concert. I want to see her in concert bad. I want to see her in the studio. I just want to see her kick her shoes off. And for some reason, I just think she records sitting down Indian style. Yeah, I may be wrong, but I just see that in my mind, and that's what I want to see. I would have never. I would have never guessed that. Now I love Sade. I love Jill Scott. I love India Reed, Michelle and Deggio Cello. See. Ross, I love rap, but now as my ripe old age, almost 53, I just want to go sit down to the concert, maybe take a cooler, some sandwiches, you know, have some water, and I want to sit back and I want to, you know, I want to just, I want to go there. I'm with you. I'm with you right there. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm going to have a little bit of a stick of that cookie right there with <laughs> And I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to relax and I'm going to enjoy that concert the same way, big homie. What's the, what's the key to longevity in this game? Consistency. Consistency. It's easy. Uh, it's a lot of artists that have came and went since I came in the game, since my Absolutely. debut in 06. Right. It's a lot of artists that then came and had three, four hit records back to back to back, and now they gone. But I think uh, what's important is ultimately the, the consistency, and that's what affects your body of work. You may have a hit record. You may have. You may be cool with a homie who hot who could give you a hit record, or you might have be all right with a homie that'll give you a verse or sing one for you that you love. But consistency is when they get a certain level of heat on every record, and that in turn turns out to be every album. So now we want every album that he released. You know what I mean? And right. here I am going on my eleventh album. And the thing is, Ross, yeah, you can have guys with features and you can guys have guys that sing a hook, but at some point in time, you have to stand alone. 
Oh, it can't just be all. It can't be all features. It can't be all. Carry the on weight. You got to carry on weight. That's where the consistency come in. That you know, we all love to hear Drake sing that hook. We all love to hear Jay Z spit that sixteen and, and, with Nas but, or Kanye. But you yeah. most definitely got to carry that package yourself. You, uh, Weezy, Drake, you, uh, Young Money. How did y'all? How did that come? How did that come about? Ultimately, um, realistically, DJ Khaled played a major role in that whole, you know, team coming together because Cash Money was in Miami. You know, they was recording over at Hit Factory. You know, we was in Miami, of course. We was doing our own thing, but Khaled was, you know, cool with uh, Stunner, Wheezy, the whole team. He'll go over there, vibe with them the next day, come back, vice versa. And he began taking, you know, my record over there, bring a Wheezy record back, vice versa. And, uh, you know, once me, Drake, Wayne, all of us start working with each other, it was just one of those things where if you send something, it's done same day. And and it's, and it's been the same since. Ross, I, I don't know how much you talked about this, but uh, celebrating your 37th birthday, you were a target of a drive-by. Right. At the time, what's going through your mind? And you're like, man, I, I, I tried to leave this. I I, I tried. I thought I had left that BS behind. Here I am doing good. I, I'm 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 Rick Ross. I'm a boss, and I got and I and 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 y'all brought this back to me. Um, uh, you know, it was one of those things where you just uh, um, something you got to deal with. You know, I don't want to talk too reckless. You know, Rose can get reckless. Can yeah, get yeah. Reckless. No, don't, don't get reckless. Yeah, don't yeah, get yeah. Reckless. I can get reckless. But it was one of those things that I said, okay, you know, I see what it is. You know what I mean? Because uh, as an entrepreneur, you know, I'm moving right. And 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 that's that's that next level of envy, jealousy, you know. Right. And and I get it. I understand. And that's why some dudes they get to a certain amount of money and they want to tap breaks. That's when they move to Hawaii and they stop getting money. And I, I get it. I understand. But, man, I got to keep going. I'm going to keep going. It's going to inspire me. This is going to push me even harder. Whoever I pissed off, you really done fucked up. Now, you really done messed up. After that day, what changed in Rick Ross' life? Um, It was just... The way I move, you know what I mean? I had a young lady in the car with me at the time. Uh, I'm sure that changed her life. She never even spoke about that. I salute her for that. She a queen. But it's it's not just yourself, but it's everybody that's around you that you love who be in these situations. And so that's what you got to take in consideration and you got to adjust the way you move. And most definitely, I did that. Ross, I'm going to read a few lyrics and you tell me what goes through your mind and why did you write this? You said, I'm happy that Donald Trump became president because we have to destroy it to elevate it. Right. And that was, I said that basically just based on the people who believe somebody with the lack of experience could take over um, the modern world. Mm. And if you really believe this and if you're going to stand on this, well, let's do it then. So when he tear this shit down, you motherfuckers could have a new optimistic way of looking at things. Now you see the value of Obama. Now you see what goddamn Obama eight years and how 
wow, this could have happened with, but it didn't. Right, right. Now y'all can uh, appreciate greatness. <clears throat> I mean, some a part of me, I'm conflicted because Ross, I look at it and I said, I'm glad because what he did is that what he showed what black people have been feeling, the anxiety right. that they're, what, they're talking about their experience. And now we're telling you the exact anxiety we've been experiencing for 400 years. We've been experiencing, but you didn't this. We've been experiencing this for, for hundreds yes. of years. I spoke on Donald Trump another time on the album called Black Dollar, and he had my album pulled from Walmart, pulled off the shelves. I said, wow, homie got time to do this? Mm. Mm. They say a lot about dude, and here we are. You spoke Told about the motherfucker now. <laughs> you spoke about the gang violence. You said let's fight our own war. Chicago's been out of hand. The city lost souls, holding guns on the ground. What, 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 what can we do? What can we do about this? What, what is it about? I, I, I don't, I don't get it. You're fighting over something that you don't own. You talk about this, my turf. You don't own one speck of grain of sand on that turf. You don't own one block, or one, one cement block, one nothing on that block. You don't own that. Why are you fighting over something someone else owns? We fighting over something we don't own. You know, majority of these gang members don't even know where the gangs was created from. They don't even know who created these. They don't even know what the colors represent. They don't know what streets, what country they really originated in. But, um, it's just something that that's on my heart, on my mind. And I put it in the rhymes and, you know, hopefully somebody riding to it and it across theirs and say, damn. You know, nominated, real language. nominated, never won a Grammy, but I understand they'll never understand me. What is it about? What is it about the Grammy, the people that nominate, the people that vote? What is it that they don't get? Because there have been times that you guys and in, in, in Kanye's album, the year that Taylor Swift won, and I don't have anything against Taylor Swift, but I think sometimes because it's rap, man, can we really give a rap song album of the year? Can we really give it song of the year? Oh, that's most definitely without a doubt. That's the same way they voted Trump in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's the same. It's that same Oval Office. They sitting there right there. Should we give Rick Ross and Kanye West this Grammy? Because that's forever. Because we're going to look back and we say in the year 2015, album of the year or song of the year, Rick Ross and Kanye. Oh, man. And, and a lot of times for a lot of people, they'd rather go without that. They'd rather live, you know, just fuck up something and just go without doing what's right. Let's talk about sports. You're a big sports fan. Right. Um, you love it all. You love basketball. You love football. Right. You love your you you love your Miami. You love your Heat. Right. Uh, they went to the NBA Finals last year, but you know Bron had to go ahead and put that thing. Had to put that had to put that away. <laughs> like, uh, -uh. You, you ain't about to get no title on my. You mom. know Bron Bron still get that Miami Heat love from Rose. <laughs> he came and brought the rings down there to us. I'm loyal, baby. I'm loyal. You love the Dolphins. The Dolphins have been been bad for a while. It seems to be on the uptick. Are you happy what you're seeing with the Dolphins? You happy what you're seeing with the Heat? I'm happy what I'm seeing with the Dolphins. I'm happy with Coach Flores. I'm happy with our starting quarterback, Tua. I'm happy with my new Dolphins suite I just got last week for the next three seasons. You know what I'm saying? And, so you uh, went to the bowl. So you, 
No, the Bulls in Tampa. So you can so you go so you 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 all in. You I'm all in. in dog. Oh man, Gate City Athletics, Rose, Gate City Athletics. We all in. We gonna be there just holding down the city, representing the city. Well, hold on, hold on. You spend half your time in the A, so I know you got a sweet uh suite in in, in, in Mercedes Benz, though. You know what? We might have to do that next, big homie. That's a great <laughs> idea. That's what I'm talking you about. You gotta get one. That's what I'm talking about. Shot, shot. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, baby. We might have to do that next. Who? Who do you like this year? Who do you like winning the championship this year? You saw the big blockbuster trade. James Harden goes to the Nets, paired with Kyrie, Kevin Durant. Man. You like the Lakers. You like the Clippers. You like the Nets. You like Boston. You like Philly. Who who you who you liking to take it all in 2021? Um, I'm going to go back with the Heat. I'm going to go back with the Heat. Why I can't say the Heat? You, you can say, say Boston? No, 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 no. Boston, you think Tatum going to put that on his back? Man, you know, hey, hey, that young, hey, that young and coming. That no, young that, coming. Oh, that, that's why I said his name. Boss said his name because he earned that. He earned that strike. That's why I said his name. But he going to have to do it by himself. So, look, a man, look, the Miami Heat, we solid. We solid. I don't know, Ross. Y'all might have that might have been y'all golden opportunity, but you know y'all the, the king. I mean, look, they the count, you know what? That's what they said about us last season. So that's fine. I'm glad you feel that way because they said most definitely if we made it to the first wave of damn playoffs, we'll be all right. But guess where we ended up at, baby? But if you know there ain't gonna be no bubble now. You know, team, the guy shoot the guy been shooting a little different out of the bubble as opposed to in the bubble. I'm sure they shooting a little different. They getting to go home and see their girlfriends at night and goddamn do what they supposed to do. I'm sure they shooting a little different. They should shoot a little different. But like I say, you know, I'm a root for my big homies. The Lakers most definitely. Yeah, we got some good things going on. But what you think about that James Harden? Man, I mean, I'm disappointed in James. Because, Ross, the way I believe, I believe you should always maintain a level of professionalism, especially when you're in a professional environment. For him to allow himself to come out of shape, for him not to hustle, for him not to play hard. And he basically forced the hand. After last night, after what he said after the game, the way he's been playing the last week and a half of the season, they didn't really have a choice. That's the only problem. I understand. Sometimes, you know, you, you, you wear your welcome out there. They get tired of you. You get tired of them. But just maintain a level of professionalism. I'm with that. I agree with that. And I respect that most definitely. Because two weeks ago, they had me trending. When he walked out on the basketball court, they said he looked like Rick Ross. They had me trending <laughs> for 48 hours. Man. I, say, I say this damn Twitter something else, man. Well, did you see him last night warming up? I call him James Hardy. No. Yeah, he had a baker's. Yeah, he looked like he had like four or five Baker Swiss cheddar burgers. No, man, that could have been the, the big Bufus from Checkers. <laughs> he had something. But I, hopefully he's happy now. You know, Kyrie, hopefully Kyrie get his, his situation resolved. But I'm looking at him. They got a lot of offense. They don't have any defense. They gave up Jared Allen. They gave up their best bench player in Karis LeVert. Terrell Prince, wing defense. They got a lot of offense. But I'm trying to figure out how do they play together without stepping on each other. Because two of the three need the ball in order to be successful. 
Kyrie needs the ball, James Harden needs the ball. Now, I've seen Kevin Durant play without the ball a lot in Golden State win championships, but can those other two guys play without the ball? And, you know, they say, Ross, well, you remember what he did when he was in OKC, but that James Harden in OKC it was, t- it was totally different. This is a different animal now. There's a difference between a pup and a full-grown lion. That's true. That's true. Man. But, but y'all got to deal with that. KD got to get the ball, though. KD huh? got to get the ball. You got to get KD the ball. I'd rather have KD, KD out of ball, goddamn, than anybody else. Because here's the thing. James Harden for the last decade has been the man. Kyrie Irving left LeBron James because he wanted to be the man. KD has been the man since he walked into the league. Now, you can't have three three men. Somebody, hey, somebody got to be the CEO. Somebody got to be the VP. I think uh, Kyrie may be the one that come up short. (laughs) Kyrie may be the one come up short. I don't don't know if that's going to go well. Because James Harden, KD, KD and Harden, I'm going to put my money on them, man. You going to put your money on KD and Harden? Yeah. I ask this a lot of everybody that come on the show, so I want to hear from you. Give me your top five basketball players of all time, and I want to know who the GOAT is. The GOAT is Michael Jordan. See, there you go. See, we we we. I, I don't even know why we don't even go, go any further. You know who the GOAT is. The GOAT still playing. He in L.A. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> LeBron James. Yeah! GOAT listen, James is what listen, they call it. LeBron James came to my city, Miami, and turned my city up. Yeah. Without a doubt. You know, Shaq did it with D-Wade. We ain't tripping. Yeah. LeBron most definitely came and turned my city up. But when we say the GOAT now, we talking about that's abbreviation for greatest of all time. Yeah, that's what it is. That's acronym. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay, I'm just making sure we on the yeah. same page. And that's what Michael Jordan is. You know what? You know what, Ross? You know what? I ain't going to fight you. I ain't going to fight you. But you know what time it is. Okay, of course, we'll of course, I know what LeBron is. LeBron gonna come number two. Okay, well, so I fill out, fill out, fill, fill out the rest. The other top five. Who you got? You got Jordan one. You got Bron two. I got Jordan one. I got Bron two. And number three, I'm gonna go with Barkley. What? Yeah, that's my. I like certain kind of players. I love OGs. I love. That's why I love. That's why I love about Jordan so much. Jordan was hard. He looked like he was a goddamn college student, but Jordan really was hard. Okay, so you got Barkley in the three spot. So I I, I can't wait to see the last two. Or you might you might have a a a a, 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 a minute bowl uh, in the four spot. Nah, cause I won't say minute bowl. He was soft. I say Shaq. Okay, Shaq in the fourth spot. You want to talk about centers? I say Shaq. Okay, right. Uh oh, number five. You got one more spot left. So that means Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, uh, uh, KD. Somebody getting left off. And I do Oscar Robinson, Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell. So I want to know. You know, who I ain't gonna go to Bill Russell now. When I started saying Bill Russell, I was a youngster when Bill Russell. <laughs> I, I let y'all handle all the stats. I'm talking about the youngsters that we used to see do their thing. But I'm a um So that means Kobe Bryant. No, oh, that's what Bird. I was gonna say. That's what it gotta be Kobe. I'm gonna take Kobe over Larry Bird. What about Magic? 
Magic, you know, most definitely was an OG, but I was a shorty. My mama was screaming at the TV when they was watching Magic. <laughs> okay. We know you love it. We know you love the Dolphins, but who the GOAT football player? The GOAT? That's easy. Dan Marino. Oh, Lord have mercy, Rose. So, Man, you, shy, shy, you couldn't even catch one of Dan Marino 15 yard passes. <laughs> Come on, Shasha. You know you don't heard about receivers wanting to trade just from practicing with Marino. I played, I played a couple of Pro Bowls with Daddy. He he could definitely throw the football. So you gonna take it, you taking him over Montana, Brady, Manning, Breeze, Elway. Damn Marino? Yeah. I trigger Dan. The one who created the Bigfoot with the Nike shoe, the one who only ran for 108 yards total for 20 seasons. Yeah, I thought damn made the hot You know how he had to have an arm. Rose could have ran for more yards than Dan. And guess what? Dan had that shit on his back for all them years. That's Dan. That's Dan that had the mullet. Yeah. (laughs) Selling selling isotoners in Florida. How you sell gloves in Florida? I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know the answer to that one. <laughs> that man so isotoners in Florida. I don't even know how that would go. I go. <laughs> but what what made you start your own music label, Maybach Music? Um, that was really from the desire, admiring what Easy E did with Ruthless, what Luke did with Luke Records being a shot caller, um, knowing how much I love making records and putting myself in a position where I could be able to make music whenever I wanted to. And whenever I seen the artist, I believed in, yo, okay, what's your name? That's Meek Mill. I believe in you, Meek Mill. Come over here, let's do this. Wale, I believe in you, homie, let's do this. Gunplay, let's do this, you know? And that's what it's about. When I come that ladder, you know, I still got my place in that ladder, I'm in Buckhead. Let your boy hit that. Uh, let me let me get that. Uh, that Bel Air. Let your boy hold that Bel Air for a day. Man, you let me know which ones you want, what colors you want, because you know we got over a dozen of them old school classics. Yeah, I know. Whenever I'm, you coming, I got you. I got you. That's I got to get. Everything. I got to get your Super Bowl teams. Who you like going to the Super Bowl? Who you got winning? I'm going with Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady. I'm going with Tom Brady, my dog, A.B. I love seeing Gronk out there. I love that. That's what I'm a Florida boy. I can't help it. I got you. Ross, I appreciate the love today, bro. I really appreciate you hopping on with a couple of minutes. I love you, bro. Man, anytime, anytime. I'm with appreciate you. Appreciate it. Much love. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life, yeah. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. 
For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.